Hi. Hey. I'm Claire. And I'm Steph. And this is Word Wrap. On this episode of Word Wrap, we're going to talk to Miriam Suzanne, who is actually our first guest. Um, she comes to us uh, as a member of the SAS core team, as well as the CSS working group. And she also works at Oddbird. So you've probably seen her around lately talking about container queries or maybe the layers um, uh, working spec or even um, uh, scope, which are all really cool things. Uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit more about just kind of, you know, how she's gotten into this whole thing. How does one get into the CSS working group, for example? Um, you know, uh, just all those different kinds of things. We're just going to have a little bit of a chat. So um, without further ado, Steph, do you want to ask our first question? Or do you want to say something first, Miriam? No, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're super pumped to have you. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so uh, my question will help us kind of learn a little more about you for sure. What is your first memory of being interested in web development? Oh yeah, so there's a, there's a few there's a few little places. I mean, I remember I took a class at one point, and I think it was because somebody asked me if I could help. We had worked on a project together, and they were like, "Can you?" put together a website of what we've done. Um, and they sort of showed me um, Dreamweaver and I helped put some images into some tables. Um, and then I took a class on it and was kind of like, oh, there's this new CSS thing. That looks kind of interesting, but I didn't really do much in that class. And I think it was actually a couple of years later that my theater needed a website. And I was like, okay, I better actually learn this thing <laughs> and see if I can build a website for the theater. And that's, um, my brother sent me a link to Eric Meyer's CSS Edge site. I don't know if either of you saw that. Um, back in the day, he just had all these experiments. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got obsessed with it. I was like, whoa, this, this new thing is so weird and cool. Uh, I want to play with it. Um, Awesome. So yeah, from there, it grew. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds really similar to how I how I kind of came into it, just like tinkering with stuff and like, oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah, so that's really cool. So uh, fast forwarding to kind of like what you do now, or even just like kind of how you've um, how you've built upon like your process and stuff. What is what is one thing you do in every project? So like you know, it could be a Easter egg, it could be, you know, whatever. What, what do you find yourself doing in every project? Resetting box model. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No yeah. idea what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that I have any, uh, I mean, these days I've been throwing my, I have a little tool that does like light mode, dark mode, change themes, um, all built with custom properties. And I've been throwing that on a lot of my projects lately. Mm. Um, not really client work, just all my personal stuff mm. um, because it's fun and I already built it. So why not just put it everywhere? Yeah. yeah. I will say <laughs> that one thing I really love uh, just about oddbird.net in general is just like um, just a bunch of different things that like, it seems like I believe your slides and stuff like that are on there as well. And um, I just think it's really cool that you've built like all that custom tooling and stuff. So it's really cool. 
yeah, it's either really cool or it's like an obsession with side projects. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> Great. It's a problem. <laughs> or a coping mechanism. Choose your... <laughs> exactly. Day to day. Love it. Well, yeah. So we, um, you know, we definitely do want to hear about, you know, maybe is there anything you haven't like kind of you know, find yourself talking about when it comes to your involvement on CSS Working Group or, um, you know, that path in or anything related to that? Anything I haven't found myself talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the working group is interesting and I, I don't know a lot of the history of it and mm-hmm. how it's developed. My understanding is that a couple years ago, they added this invited expert role um, and that that's part of why I'm there now, uh, and part of why uh, various other people are there, uh, is because of this invited expert role that is for bringing in people who are not W3C members. W3C membership is this whole thing. The W3C is like any organization that has enough stake in the web that they, or in web technology even, um, that they pay a lot of money to join the W3C. Uh, and it's kind of an absurd amount of money. And there's no way that Oddbird could reasonably join the W3C. All the member companies get to send anybody they want to these working groups. Um, but now there's this invited expert role that's like, hey, can we bring in a few people that aren't part of one of these big organizations? Um, and that sort of coincides with a lot of the really dramatic uh, activity happening in CSS. I don't know how closely related those are or what other changes were happening at the time. This could be correlation and not causation. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I'm interested in that opening up even more or like how do we, like right now there's no path to becoming an invited expert besides somebody in the group going, Hey, that person had an idea. Maybe they, maybe we should invite them. And it would be interesting if there were actually like a path for you to learn spec writing um, and become involved uh, if this were sort of laid out more mm-hmm. clearly. And I wonder if that's mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, that would, that sounds really interesting. And yeah, I think that's always been something, you know, I've been writing a lot about CSS, but that's definitely the part that's a black box to me. And partially just because I haven't taken time to super look into it. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that um, I know you were recently uh, talking about how um, it's, it's be, there's been an effort to make what's happening more public, like through GitHub and GitHub issues and definitely uh, got more exposure on that when I was, you know, looking into container queries. So that's really cool that that's coming out. And I'm not sure that that's really publicized super well either. Um, But then again, not everybody's necessarily interested in that part. (laughs) So yeah, and it can be a bit of a fire hose to try to follow it all. (laughs) There's a lot of things happening in CSS all at once all the time. And really, what you find out is that most of the people in working group are focused on one or two of those things. And you're sort of Maybe you're skimming through some of the others. And it's nice that in the phone calls, um, you know, even I'm listening in even on issues that I don't have a strong opinion on or don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge about. So I'm learning all about Ruby text in CJK languages and stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, 
okay, that's interesting. And it's not my specialty. I don't know it. But yeah, if you want to follow it, you have to sort of like find the issues that you're interested in. They are all public. All the conversation is public. Uh, and follow those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like you have to really purposefully follow them because those conversations move really quickly, it seems like sometimes. Yeah, until they don't. <laughs> yeah, until they don't. Exactly. So it's really cool to see that. Uh and to see that happen in a public sphere. And like Steph said, like, I didn't really know that a lot of that stuff was very public until I, you know, submitted that issue about container queries, um, which I admittedly felt a huge imposter syndrome kind of cared about. <laughs> it was just like, oh, no, I'm going to type this silly idea into into a GitHub issue and someone's going to look at it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, well, um, very quickly, somebody filed a duplicate issue. Um, so you weren't alone in your thinking yeah. on that. Um, yeah, I was really, I was really happy to see that. Oh, this is a duplicate of my issue. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. But yeah, I mean, that's actually how I got into the group in the first place. Mm-hmm. Was CSS layers? I hadn't even fleshed out anything about it, and that's sort of the best time to approach the working group, is when you have sort of a rough concept, but you haven't fleshed it out the working group likes to get in on things early um and sort of help with what direction they go but i just posted and under great duress i mean jen simmons had to insist several times that i post this suggestion because i had all of the same uh sense of being an imposter and not knowing and fear of being judged for it or something (laughs) um but it was that suggestion of what if we had some sort of layering in the cascade that we could control as authors. Um, That's when they reached out to me and said, sure, can you write the spec? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty, that's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. Obviously it's always been super amazing work and, you know, um, I think I've, I've seen like, you know, just sporadic chatter that, you know, the, how great the explainers are and, and things. So all that's been amazing for all these things and obviously extra and, you know, of your own doing (laughs) those, those documents. So that's all been awesome. I was wondering like about, so of course, container queries being the star child of the moment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, what would it mean for your own projects to have that available? Well, we have a sort of a side project that we've been talking about for a long time at Oddbird. Um, I don't like any of the collaborative text editing tools out there. I don't like any of them. There's not a single one that I like. You either are editing all at the same time, all right on top of each other, or you're sending files back and forth, or you have to understand Git and do some like version control, but then you have to be a nerd. Um, (laughs) And while some of us are, I would like to collaborate also with other people who aren't going to learn Git. And as I've been building demos for container queries, I've been realizing that building a text editor, the kind that I want, the way I want it to work for collaborative writing, I want container queries all over the place in this. Every every demo I'm making is sort of a like, what if my, what if my text editor could do <laughs> this? Um, and that's like, you know, we're going to run out of space sometime when you have multiple documents open at once. And how are we going to adjust font sizes when there's less mm-hmm. space? How are we going to uh, lay them out on a page? 
Um, there's just all sorts of stuff in there that I want container queries for. And then there's sort of more universal, like, yeah, every time I build a media object or a card or whatever, I'm doing this uh, dance of when does it turn vertical, when is it horizontal, and you could wrap all that up in a component and be yeah. done with it. Um, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be fun. And that I think that whole dashboard, I mean, you didn't specifically say dashboard, but the dashboard kind of idea where you have multiple mm -hmm. views mm -hmm. of whatever kind, that'll be really neat. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it um, componentizes like the responsive media or responsive layout kind of idea too, because like, you're not thinking about it as terms of page, you're thinking about it in terms of components. So mm -hmm. it's just really cool to see that, um, see that happen. Uh, the two other specs that you were talking or that you've been talking about lately are layers and scope. How do you how do you find that they'll change how you use SAS in your projects or just CSS in general? Like what mm. what do you find the biggest um, what are the biggest takeaways from those two things? Yeah, with layers, it's a little bit yet to be seen. Mm. Um, in some ways, one of the things that excites me is being able to write defaults that are very specific. I, I like sometimes having very specific defaults and layers will give me that ability to say, hide this away, uh, make it, it's not important, it's just specific. So I'm excited about that. And on the other end, I think, you know, in a lot of my personal projects, I'm not running into specificity issues. It's not a big concern on a lot of my personal stuff. But when I'm working with clients, all the time I'm dealing with, uh, you know, they've integrated three different frameworks because they wanted the uh, the date picker from one of them and they wanted the dropdowns from a different one and they wanted, you know, uh, and just being able to, all these frameworks, each one has some like internally consistent set of rules for how they're going to handle specificity, but they don't have any set of rules across frameworks for how all frameworks should handle specificity. So you've got to somehow like capture, I don't know, figure out how you're going to work around their internal rules. Mm -hmm. And layers would let you just say like bootstrap goes here, uh, whatever, whatever other frameworks I'm using, here's where they slot in. Here's when I'm overriding them. Here's when I want them to override me. Yeah. yeah. I think that I, just saying that, um, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of TypeScript and I'm not going to get into that or anything like that. <laughs> but I think that it's one of those things where layers would actually be a good self-documenting kind of thing mm -hmm. of like, here yeah. are the layers and like, we use Bootstrap on this project, but if you want to extend those styles or whatever, put them in this other layer or whatever, and then you're able to do so without having to, you know, worry about the intricacies of like what importance they've used here or what specificity they've used there. And so I think that's really cool because like as much as I'm not a proponent of frameworks, I think that they have a very useful place. And I think this would allow them to slot into a certain place, if that makes sense. So Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I've been, when I teach CSS, I teach it in layers, like building mm -hmm. up, building up layers from your most general to your most specific. And Harry Roberts inverted triangle is a great sort of visual representation of that. And layers would just make all of that extremely explicit. You would just mm -hmm. define the layers of your triangle and then put things in them. The other thing that I think about is 
CSS and JS people often talk about wanting a way to just say, this rule should override this rule. I don't want to worry about specificity. I don't want to worry about source order. And layers give you that. Um, they defeat both source order and specificity. And you can just say, have this rule, override that rule. Um, you could do that in a constructible style sheet or whatever and deterministic style weighting or whatever they want to call it. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. Um, what do you think? What about scope? Like in terms of how you'd use that? How, how would you just expand on that? Yeah, scope is interesting because we've used it to mean lots of different things in code. Uh, I mean, we have, in a lot of programming languages, we have lexical scope, which is like a variable in this document is scoped to this document and it won't appear, you know, it's JavaScript modules or SAS modules or whatever are a type of scoping to a document. Mm -hmm. And CSS doesn't work in that way. And there's another thing that's been like scoping to a component in the web component sense where we sort of draw a hard boundary around a custom element and nothing gets in or out of that boundary. Um, but that boundary is drawn in the HTML, not in the CSS. It affects the CSS, but it's sort of a hard boundary drawn in the HTML. And what I'm looking at with scope is trying to find like, what is the CSS-y way of thinking about it? Uh, where scope really has to do with the cascade and with um, defining from the style side, uh, how do I want to narrow the targeting of this selector in ways that I couldn't before? Either saying, I want to make sure that when I'm styling the title class, I only want to style the title class that is directly inside of the post class. Well, and maybe not directly, but belongs to post. And it's not inside post content. It's somewhere between post and post content. I want to style that title. And we don't really have a way of expressing that right now. Um, so my scope proposal mostly focuses on that. Like, how do, we, how do we narrowly target just it belongs to this component? And that's very much based on the way that CSS modules does it, the way that view scope styles do it. So in a lot of ways, I imagine on the sort of view-like projects that I'm doing, uh, where right now I use view scoped styles. Um, in part, it's a self-inflicted wound in those uh, in those frameworks where they're loading the CSS in a random order so you can't count on source order. Mm -hmm. So you sort of scope things so that you don't have to deal with that problem. But I imagine that same system just becomes CSS native. Yeah, I hope that answers the question. My proposal is very much based on what I've seen in CSS and JS tools that do it in this sort of lightweight way. And hopefully the migration path would basically be that view internally flips a switch uh, yeah. and you don't notice a difference. Um, yeah. But then you can also write it by hand pretty easily without having to do all the magic that they're currently doing. Yeah, and I think that kind of highlights just how the web has, you know, has innovated in and of itself. Like, you know, a lot of, uh, if we're going to go and use uh, JavaScript APIs, like a lot of APIs that came about in ES6 um, came through, like, you know, were inspired from jQuery or like, mm -hmm. you know, things like, um, 
I don't know this specifically, but supports, for example, reminds me of modernizer and yeah. you know, certain things like that. And, and so I feel like scope is another extension of that where it's like, you know, um, angular with its uh, componentized styles or CSS and JS or views scoped styles, uh, kind of becomes one of those like, okay, let's do it natively. And we all benefit from the performance increases that, that, that basically brings. Yeah, and part of what's taken scope so long is that, and and probably will still take a little bit mm-hmm. for us to really focus it in, is that different people do want it different. There is a desire for that sort of web components, shadow DOM style of scope. And we've built that. Great. And maybe we can add improvements to it. But it's a separate thing from what Vue is doing with scope or what uh, CSS modules is doing with scope. And so we have all these different meanings of what scope is and all of them are useful yeah uh so maybe we have to come up with some new words but (laughs) words aren't that hard to come up with right (laughs) call them all bruce okay so hopefully what would be i'm hoping this will be a fun question (laughs) but um what css features do you feel are misused that we currently have features or properties whatever (laughs) Hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people don't quite understand why importance is there or exactly what it does. And that's, that's kind of okay. Like it, it, it kind of works the way people think, even though it's intended for something totally different. I think it will be interesting when we release layers and layers treats importance the way that it was originally intended. I think people are going to start figuring that out, but you know, that one comes up all the time. Uh, Everybody Everybody has strong opinions about importance. I generally think anytime anybody has a hard rule about something in CSS, never do this, always do this. That's usually where I get mad. (laughs) I'm like, no, actually, like importance has a a purpose and we can learn its purpose and we can use it in, in good ways and not abuse it. So great. I think I, I get frustrated when people like dismiss CSS grid because they can force a solution in Flexbox. Those mm-hmm. sorts of things bug me. Or like, I don't need, or, you know, putting all of your CSS variables only on the root selector and never playing with CSS variables in other ways. And that's a limitation of some of the polyfills, but people now think it's a limitation of the feature. Um, and I get, a, yeah. I get annoyed by like, oh, you learned that from a polyfill, not from, mm-hmm. <laughs> not from the actual thing. But all of those are, you know, do what you want. Um, <laughs> I'm not yeah. the, I'm not the custom properties police. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered if you would bring up custom properties because I, uh, I'll validate that I felt the same way. I didn't get it from polyfills. I don't know. Hmm. I think just most of the early tutorials did it that way, yeah. and it yeah. didn't even cross my mind until within the last year that maybe I, I probably from consuming some of your stuff and, you know, like. Um, Leverus stuff like finally oh okay it actually makes more sense most of the time and is correct me if I'm wrong more performant probably negligible most of the time but to like keep it a little more locally scoped depending on what it is yeah depending on what it is so or things with I think Houdini when I kind of made me realize you know you're not gonna stuff real stuff related to that up in the root either (laughs) probably speaking of anyway root custom properties it is really interesting to go on some websites and just see just a just a laundry yeah. list of different properties that are on the root because of that 
um, specific thing. So it's very interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also that also is a reminder of where preprocessor variables can be helpful. Mm-hmm. If some of those custom properties aren't actually ever changing in the browser, they don't need to be in the browser. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to make the browser do everything just because it can. We can still pre-process some things. We still have servers and we can use them. I don't know, serverless. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have another question, Steph? Oh, well, I was just gonna say, I think we're almost through, but I definitely, you know, just a couple to end on. Like, what are you excited about for the future of web development? It doesn't have to be CSS. Oh. Wow, what am I excited about? <laughs> You're working on super exciting um, stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having fun with it. Well, um, I just had a great chat with Jen Simmons about like where should Grid go next, mm-hmm. um, and what are the what are the sort of issues that we can fix in Grid, and what are the next big features that we can bring to it. Those are sort of two separate questions. I'm sort of interested in just always those sort of, those sort of conversations. Where are we running into roadblocks? How can we fix them? Uh, where could we take web design to the next level? So I'm always open to ideas. Um, I'm lucky that I get to work on this a lot and not everybody else gets to do that. So if you have ideas, send me ideas. Um, I'm interested. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. It'll be fun to see what starts rolling out. Um, Even just ideas from that. Cool. I think we've got one more question uh, and this is pandemic related because, you know, we're, I, it's we're in this weird quasi state where like people are vaccinated, but like we're still not really sure if we should like get out. But Steph and I have joked about doing like a, and I don't think it's actually like completely joking. I think we're serious. Um, but uh, going and traveling and stuff like that, and meeting people that we've met online. And um, oh, I believe you're in Denver, right? Uh huh. And so um, if we were to come to Denver. Would we do, or would we be able to like do a live show or something like that, or just you know have some? Coffee? Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. Um, my partner and I are both vaccinated now, so sure. And all right, I mean, so I next had, week no. <laughs> at, at, at one point, um, I was talking with some writer friends about doing like a like find a circuit of uh, Amtrak <laughs> and. There you go. Um, do a roving conference uh, that stops in different cities and people like speakers join at some point and drop off at whatever point they want to. And you stop in different cities and do a conference. So do something like that. Flash mystery dinner because. (laughs) Joke. (laughs) That would be amazing. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we're at the end. So the stage is yours for our brand new segment that we just came up with this morning. The stage is yours for a word wrap, not literally a wrap. You can wrap if you want, but any last thoughts, basically. <laughs> I don't think I can wrap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, keep writing CSS and and have fun with it. I mean, the web is sort of this absurd art experiment in my mind and um, I love it when we're playing with that experiment. Um, people that are doing just absolutely weird shit with CSS is so cool. Uh, CSS art, and particularly, I I would love to see more CSS art that plays with 
resilience? How's it going to fall apart? Mm-hmm. What does my art look like in an old browser compared to a new browser? Yes, I've I've made it specifically for Chrome uh, because I'm using all these new features that Chrome has, but here's how it falls back into other browsers or, um, yeah, do weird stuff. Weird stuff is great. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love that. IE6, anyone? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show today, Miriam. Uh, it was really great to um, just hear things from your perspective and also uh, hear about container queries and layers and scope. Um, even though those two, the two last ones, layers and scope, still have more um, you know, fleshing out to do, it's still really cool to see the web evolve and, and uh, everything. So, yeah. Yeah, well, Thanks thank so you. It's, I'm a big fan of the show, so keep it up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on another episode of Word Wrap. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform or pick up the RSS feed on wordwrap.dev. You can also catch us as Word Wrap Show on Twitter. Until next time.